0: You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Uh, Welcome to another episode of Marketing News Canada. I am thrilled to introduce you to Karen Zukala, who is a marketing industry veteran with 20 plus years of global business leadership experience, having lived and held executive positions across Europe, the US, and of course, Canada. During her career, she has built a strong reputation in brand and digital marketing, strategic business planning, and e-commerce. Her passion for technology and innovation has fueled market disruption for some of the world's most iconic brands, including Adidas, Nike, Diesel, and Twitter. Karen, thank you for being here.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Darian. That's quite the intro. (laughs)
0: Um, So Karen, first thing I want to talk about. What are some YouTube um, channels that you subscribe to and you just love right now?
1: Well, this is a hard one. There's many that I love Mm -hmm. to follow across YouTube. I'm a huge renovation fanatic. I love anything around tiny houses, but I love Three Birds renovations. Those two women, uh, Dynamic Duo, just um, amaze me at what they can do in the renovation space. I'm a little bit of a a junkie in terms of like Ted. uh, There's Ted Ed, which I think is like 17.1 Oh. 17.1 million followers or something. I was listening to one the other day on like solar panels. Why don't they have solar panels in the desert? I was like, wow, I never thought about that before. <laughs> but that one for sure, I'm a big fan of. You know, the Fitness Blender. I think there's a lot of folks that love Fitness Blender. And obviously during the good old pandemic that we've been living through, just having access to, to more fitness routines at home um, always goes a long way for me. It's
0: amazing. I've got I've got three main ones so Mark Rober, um, my family so I've got four children. I've got like a 15-year-old all the way down to a 3-year-old, but any Mark new Mark Rober videos our family loves them. Um, he got pretty serious in his last video, though, so it was a little bit more like I'd explain to my middle kids about what that meant. When you know he was, you know, he teamed up with a couple other YouTubers actually to uh, deal with people doing bad stuff on the internet to innocent people. And then Mr. Beast, I, I you know, I, I don't, I, I, everyone knows Mr. But I actually found love with Mr. Beast in this last couple years, where he would just lavishly love on people. And surprise and delight in a way that I think brands and companies can learn from. And he just does it in such a humble, quiet way. But the videos are beautiful and incredible. Like, I can say so many things about it. And then I found a great fitness person. Um, and Pamela Reef is a great fit. I, I actually like her videos. I wish there was a version where she was wearing like parkas or like a <laughs> lot more clothes. Because sometimes I watch it, I'm like, it's not for that purpose. It's like she's—they're just really well done because it's like good workouts, but it's also the sound she's done with the beeps yep. and the timers. Those are some of my favorite YouTube uh, videos that I—and again, I, we we added YouTube thankfully to our Apple TV, and so it, you know, I find I will watch YouTube as much as I will watch the others right? Yes. The, the many others out there. And, but uh, So I recently upgraded to premium so I, I we didn't have to sit through the commercials.
1: There you go. And if you yeah. have a three-year-old, you're probably watching some good uh, like Peppa the Pigs. Blippy.
0: And- <laughs> Blippy actually. So I don't know, the story of Blippi is fascinating in that he, Blippy was a YouTuber who then switched his persona to be a chill, like he actually did prank videos. And then he started yeah. doing these children's videos all, solely on YouTube and just blew up. And my kid fell in love with Blippi. And then he got a show on Amazon Prime. But actually, we've never watched any of his Prime shows. We continue to, because YouTube's just so much easier, we find. Yeah, Yeah, we we use it a lot too. Yeah.
1: (laughs) For my little. My little one. <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay. And then my three-year-old found this one called Kids to Kids. And it's just people playing with monster trucks and trucks. And he loves it.
1: I need to check that one out. I need to check that one
0: out. Yeah, it's just it's just monster trucks. And he just they build tracks with it. And so he then now wants to do those monster truck tracks in our house. And so he's been quite inspired. So sometimes he'll even put it on while he does his own tracks. And it's amazing. It's it's amazing. Yeah. So it's kind of like the YouTube creators or the YouTube like renovators that you watch as an adult. It's like the kid is watching. Oh, how do I make cooler Hot Wheel tracks?
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Like, I need to check that one out. My little guy has gotten into trucks and tractors. His most recent word is tractor. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So uh, that is one I'm going to add to my list. Thanks for the reco.
0: Oh for sure, so when we use the term, okay, you know we, we all know TV, we all need to but but tell me about what does the term connected TV mean and and what does that mean for for Canadians now?
1: Yeah, it's um you know connected TV is getting so much buzz right now and uh, it's a really exciting time. I feel really lucky to be part of it and obviously uh, YouTube is a clear leader, I would have to say in this space. I think it's fair to say that Canadians' viewing habits have really changed significantly over the past few years. Like, I look back to when I cut the cord. I cut the cord in 2013. Mm -hmm. I like to think I was a little bit of an early adopter in this space. But we're streaming more content on our TV screens than ever before and it's connected tv has really changed the way that we define tv and and there's a little bit of maybe misconception of what is connected tv and i think the very simple definition of it is that it's defined as any tv screen that's connected to the internet that people can use to access the world of streaming including gaming consoles, Chromecasts, or other digital connected devices, like even the one you mentioned at the start. It's it's like the gateway, I would have to say, into the world of streaming, which what I love about it the most is that it gives consumers choice and control when they've kind of grown accustomed to that on their tablets and phones, but now it's giving them the same choice and control on their TV screens. It's like what they want, when they want it. And I love that. It's kind of like... You know, you give someone the keys to the car <laughs> to go and and watch things when they want and when it's most relevant to them. And I think when you look back to the phone, even for those of us that were around with the rotary phone and and how the evolution turned into like the giant cordless phone, like in Back to the Future, <laughs> or the flip phone, and like today's modern uh, smartphone. I think like TV is now going through the same evolution of what the phone has already gone through. And I think that's like pretty neat. It's about time, (laughs) frankly, that I think television and streaming are finally catching up to this. And I think the cool part for me is that YouTube is really at the forefront of this whole revolution that's taking place, combining like this massive reach and the power of relevance, I think. And it's just allowing, we're finally tapping into a consumer behavior in the world of TV that's been happening for a long time and uh it's an exciting time to be part of it
0: no 100% and i actually ironically the pandemic for me mostly meant i finally figured out why the subscription button is so important because i realized there was these shows that we just fell in love with um some good news was it was a weekly tradition of my family during that two year period and it was only available on youtube and we subscribe to it. And when the subscription would bing, like on our TV, when we knew a new video was up. Whereas, again, I'm not I'm not saying anything bad against, but like you look at, say, another streaming service, they will just dump all these episodes on the thing. And so it's not as exciting. Whereas for mm-hmm. our family, like, we'll watch like the newest Mark Rober that came out. And then we can talk about it. And then be like any other Mark Rover fans, you can be like, oh, we can discuss this. Whereas yeah. the other shows, everyone's watching in such different timing. Whereas like, you know, or, or you can be like, oh, when's the next Mr. Beast coming out, right? And what's he going to do? And what's going to happen? And you can like anticipate these videos.
1: Yeah, 100%. I think it's, you know, it's, it's, I think as a marketer, like what does connected TV mean for us as marketers? Yeah. It's it's really interesting because I think back to when I was client side and how we would traditionally, like I, I've been in the industry for... More than 20 years now. So I've been part of this wave and this transition (laughs) of you know investing in a lot of TV and, and broadcast to like the you know injection of like digital and now social and now connected TV. And it's I think as a marketer, I've always tried to put a real strong focus. We all want to reach audiences. And we know we need to reach them when they're watching, which for today's consumers is on connected TV and and streaming platforms. And I think it's really almost like connected TV is the future of TV advertising for us as marketers. It offers the best of both worlds. The the reach um, brands could traditionally get with linear, but then you pair it with the capabilities of digital. And I think that just amplifies and gives you so much more opportunities to reach the right consumer at the right moment that we haven't always been able to do that effectively in the past.
0: And and for marketers, like the recent Masterclass um, SEO thread that came out on Twitter, where the person was describing how Masterclass just blew up and and they describe it through SEO, but the SEO, what they're describing was on YouTube. And Mm -hmm. so people searching for how-to's on YouTube, which I think is still the number one search, they would have a, a, a taster, a Costco sample there. And then they would lead them to masterclass, or they would run ads for people that were yep. searching certain terms. And and thanks yep. to YouTube's ad platform, you can find those searchers who have that buyer's intent, that you know that that peaked interest.
1: Yeah, I guess it's where viewers come to watch what they're most passionate about. Uh, you mentioned so many great things at the beginning of our chat, and and the same goes for me and every single one of us. But all of our passion points are different, right? And I think. What I I love, too, it's almost like YouTube's become like it's where Canadians can build their personal prime time. I don't have the time, as do many of us, to go and watch a show maybe at a regular scheduled time, like eight o'clock or seven o'clock, whether it's bedtime. I have to prioritize different things. But now, for me, the beauty of connected TV is that it is my personal prime time. And I think, you know, we're starting to see big results of that. There's, what, 16 million Canadians on connected TV screens every month, which is just insane, really, when you think about it. Um, it makes YouTube the number one ad-supported connected TV platform all in Canada. And we kind of joke, like, if you're not buying YouTube on connected TV, you're not buying Connected TV. Well, okay. Here's here's what I don't understand. Again,
0: when this episode comes out, maybe it's going to have change. But I don't think so. But like, I watch, you know, the red one. We we can name them or not. Like, I watch the green. You know, I watch them all. Like, we subscribe to them all. But none of them have ads. Zero have advertising. They might have some like in show advertising, like Riverdale or Marvelous Miss Maisel might be drinking a certain drink. But I've I've noticed that. And but i mean but none of them have pre roll, mid roll, end roll ads at this moment of time. YouTube mm-hmm. is the only one. Mm-hmm. Okay, it is. Although, okay, you know who has had ads? But, okay, so um, what's it called? Like Global or CTV, you can get right. the app. and But they are the worst ads in the world to the point where I've stopped watching them because they—and I've talked to someone from there because they'll run the same ad three or four times every yeah. 10 minutes to the point where we were trying to watch Amazing Race Canada as a family, and mm-hmm. it was like, oh, it's free on the app, great. But they ran the same ad for BCIT and then Go RVing, And it got to a point where I was like, I was really mad at BCIT and Go RV. It did the opposite effect. I looked yeah. poorly on those companies. And then yeah. I, I ended up just buying the season. Because I was like, I don't want to sit through this. Whereas at yeah. least with YouTube, it's like, skip it if you want to. Or the ad's actually like, oh, wow, we were just thinking about getting some new couches. That's a really good article ad. Oh, yeah. that's... Oh, and then my wife and I'll look at each other and be like, oh, that's great. That's a beautiful couch. And we'll... Planted in our memory. And then we ended up buying our couch from article funny enough. So,
1: wow, that's a great yeah. story. I love that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but I mean, but there's no other options except for, I don't know what they would be called the, 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 the people that have been around a while, the old, the, the mm-hmm. traditional TV networks, but have done, I feel a very poor service of connected TV ads mm-hmm. and created a bad taste in people's mouths.
1: Yeah, it's like I can't speak to I guess the others that are out there, but I I think that um, you know what we've been able to do at YouTube is is pretty sophisticated, (laughs) obviously, and the the targeting like you think about affinity audiences, and I think again putting my old client hat on, of being able to make sure that I'm reaching the right consumer at the right time, I think the the affinity audiences um, that connected TV offers second to none. Um yeah. being able to it's unmatched to broadcast, truthfully, and yeah. it really ensures like an efficient campaign delivery. Yeah. Um oh, and managing against over frequency, to your yes. point. Yes. And uh, that's that's something really that continues to to plague, you know, broadcast TV to this day. So yeah. I think using affinity audiences, whether it be like for cooking enthusiasts yeah. or do-it-yourselfers or whatever the case may be, That's the beauty, I think, of connected TV and being able to have access to that data and making sure that you're really sharing your brand message with the folks that matters the most to you. Yeah.
0: One of my favorite ads still, and it's funny, I still, and we're talking about now, so good for them, A&W, kudos. You're getting more airtime now. A&W did, they have this classic, I don't know if he's still the spokesperson. It was this, you know, older gentleman. And, and he, it was a pre-roll ad. And he says, hey, here's a bunch of puppies. And he was just, and he goes, why don't you look at some puppies before you watch your video? And let me tell you about our new sandwich. We have a new teen burger, da, da, da. Uh, that's it. Go watch your video. Or stay and watch some puppies. So at that point, the skip ad thing popped up. And and but yet I stayed to watch puppies because it was these beautiful puppies yeah, playing amazing. with each other. But it was like this incredible memory. It was almost like that Westjet Christmas video yes. experience where it was like, yes. he knew I was there to watch YouTube videos. I was there to have a good experience. He gave me some puppies to look at. And then he told me about his new sandwich, the new whatever burger at AW at the time.
1: That's awesome. You know, it's so interesting like there's so many great brands and I guess I'm very lucky in my position because yeah. I get to work across so many different industries and clients and when I think to some of the brands that are really just doing an amazing job on yeah. on YouTube right now. Like there's one and maybe you've seen it. it sounds like you're a huge fan Darien which I think is awesome. Yeah. Nissan a little while ago they did uh, they were trying to launch like the new Nissan Rogue during a global pandemic. Yes. And so, like, as you can imagine, launching a new car is, is pretty tough. And I yes. think, if memory serves, like 30% of the volume of Canada um, is f- through Nissan Rogue. And so you have to be successful on the Rogue business in order yeah. to be a success in, with Nissan. And they built a whole YouTube-first campaign. And I think the the interesting part about the Rogue is it really appeals to such a wide variety yeah. of Canadians. for. Yeah for so many different vehicle purposes so what was really interesting was they filmed 30 different assets to speak directly to their different core target groups and then they did like video ad sequencing where you would tease amplify it kind of like in an echo strategy and it's it was like a whole new side of rogue each time you viewed and i i was not at google at the time when and when this came out but i remember seeing it from a your consumer perspective and how the creative was changing. I was like, wow, this is really speaking to me and my viewing habits and what I'm most interested in. And they saw like 12% sales, sales growth. I think it was like 87% lift in Google search queries. They really rewrote the playbook, I think, on how to launch vehicles in Canada, which I love. Like I applaud marketers that are willing to try something new and partner with a brand like us to be like, hey, here's my business problem. How do I get after, you know, selling, in this case, a new Nissan Rogue during a global pandemic? What can I do differently to kind of shake up the industry? Yeah.
0: And and I, speaking of RV, like I love that concept of RVing and going RVing and being outdoors. Like they, if they had gone to their call it, creative agency and said, hey, for the same budget we have, can you make us 30 micro videos instead of one epic video and you're going to pay the same price? Yeah. And, and maybe throw a couple vertical videos in there too for YouTube shorts. Mm-hmm. It would have been so much better. I would have actually looked fondly upon the RVing experience. Instead, it was like, we're going to hit you over the head with the same video. And we're going to use, you called it broadcasts and yeah. in a very unsophisticated manner. Whereas, man, if I'm watching maybe uh, call it uh, you know, I was, the Pamela Reef video, right? And it's like, hey, the pre-roll could have been a, an outside workout video. Like, hey, exactly. you know, you, like you could RV to this campsite way off grid and work out there. Which would have been hilarious, right? And then when yeah. I watch a um how to build a porch around a hot tub video? They could have been like, you know, you know, hot I'm tub exactly you, you could be right. hot spring video, right? Cause you're he watching exactly the video or right. suddenly, or get away from your house. Stop renovating your house and get outside. Like that would have been so fun. Because nowadays you can.
1: Exactly. And now you can. And I think, you know, 20 years ago, that was never the case, to your point. Yeah. You had these huge, and I've produced quite a few of these myself. Yeah. Cowbell <laughs> yeah. videos. It's like more cowbell. Bang, bang. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And it's like, you know, the the, I hate to say it, it's such a cliche in marketing, but it's really the truth of this whole concept of like push versus pull marketing. Like, I think the more that we can do, and I think that's, you know, just one of the big, like it continues to be a trend. I would say I've been talking about personalization for several years in my career, but I think now with the way that we're headed with, with personalization across like every single touch point, I think we could only be personalized maybe with like emails. And even then, we're, we some brands have struggled on that. But I think like now that we get in the whole path to purchase and short and long term, the whole personalization along every step of that consumer journey now with where we're going with, with data and understanding of the data and what our consumers' needs truly are, that level of personalization, I think, will only continue to grow tenfold of what probably what it is today. Yeah.
0: Or, or if a, another one. Canadian is Google searching like Mexico on YouTube, you know, Mexico resort, you know, whatever, Hawaii be like, stay local, get an RV. I'm just, yeah. I'm just giving away ideas right now. These are free. Yeah. So
1: if you want job security, you know, I, I was thinking about this the other day, if you want job security, I think that always folks that are doing data analysis or analytics, have always been obviously a huge play a huge important role in companies today but even more so in the future i think as we continue like digital is not going away the amount of effort that we're going to be putting into personalization and understanding consumer behaviors i think those folks that are really strong in data analyzing the data extracting insights they've got a job for life as far as i'm concerned yeah.
0: And maybe you want to touch on this a bit, like brands that are doing YouTube well. We mentioned Nissan when it came to the advertising side. Are any brands dabbling in the uh, content creation side or the organic side of YouTube? Or are yeah. you mostly saying they're focusing on the, the pay-to-play side of it?
1: I see. There's a lot more creativity. I think that's the beauty of what the pandemic has, has done for all brands is yeah. how, do you, how do you think a little bit differently about how you're doing things? And yeah. one that pops to mind is around like Bank of Montreal, for example, yeah. You think about consumer spending during the pandemic. You know, I think they were seeing credit cards saw about a 30% drop in search in over 10 months. So they decided they were going to launch the Eclipse Visa Infinite card, of which I I remember seeing a lot of of marketing materials around the launch of this. And it was meant to be like a card for modern-day millennials. Uh, And they wanted to really shake things up of how they've done things before, and they brought in a uh, creator, Priyanka, who's the winner of Canada's Drag Race. Um, and they partnered with YouTube and they said, OK, YouTube, how can we do things differently? And Priyanka is like an amazing um, individual right. who does a lot of their own creative already. And uh, they we partnered with YouTube Director Mix, which allows you to create like hundreds and hundreds of versions of different creative. And I think they produce close to 200 versions of creative wow. targeted towards many unique audiences. Yeah. And the results were really astounding. I think they drove like 60% increase in product searches, 130% increased visits to the the unique credit card site, you know, 142, I think, percent in branch and digital channels uh, saw a lift. So the shift in positive sentiment, I think, was really interesting and obviously a huge part of our everyday these days needs to be around diversity and inclusion. And they realized being a more purpose-driven brand really um, resonates with with their their consumers and their audiences and had a positive impact on on driving their business as well. That's
0: incredible. Uh, So many amazing examples. Uh, As far as YouTube, anything that you can kind of share coming down the pipe or anything that you want to kind of tease us with at the moment?
1: Yeah, I think there's, there is no shortage of amazing things going on at YouTube, I would have to say. I feel very lucky to be part of this brand and part of the team that gets to bring it to life every day. Like obviously connected TV is going to be a huge area of focus for us moving forward. Our creators and fueling the creator economy, which is where we started, um, Mm. continues to be a priority for us and, and giving them the tools to the community to really do what they do best.
0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. So, Karen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a throwback for you. I yeah, just sure. finished reading The Fault in These Stars, and he was Finding Alaska, John Green, yeah. right? Am I saying yeah. that right? But But yeah. his, his origin story was Vlogbrothers. If you remember, him and his brother— had a YouTube channel where they would just talk about yes. things. And it was, they were YouTube vlog uh, vloggers. Um, wow. and then he went on to be this great author and all these books, and then these books became movies. But it was like his he started on YouTube.
1: Amazing. Yeah. And see, I think there's so many of these um, stories that exist, yeah. Yeah. with whether it be musicians, like the list is a mile long of folks that are. Lily
0: uh, Singh. You yes, know, I, I
1: love Lily. Yes, she's amazing. <laughs> I'm a huge Lily fan. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Justin
0: Bieber, right? The kid kid from Ontario who drummed a lot and then yeah. sang a bit and someone found him there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Amazing. like Sean Mendes. I'm a yes. huge Sean fan as well. Um I've got to work with him over the years too. Yeah. Like I, there's so many success stories and I think you know we sometimes forget about that. A lot of some of these uh, these stories feel like, are they really Canadian? And you're like, yeah, these yeah. folks started on YouTube. And sometimes we don't celebrate that enough. And I, I think it's an important one. You know, we've had some conversations internally around that of, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of reminding ourselves of some of these amazing artists and musicians and, and you know, think of Lily and so forth all started on the platform. and. Yeah. That to me is priceless. Yeah. And those are the stories we're sharing and continuing to share. And there's gonna be more Lilies. There's going to yeah. be more Sean's yes. and I hope so. Yeah. Yes, I have no doubt. We are very talented Canadians. And
0: yes. <laughs> one thing that's fun, even last night, the, the variety. And here's okay, here's my take two on YouTube, whereas like level, yeah, sure, there's all these other subscription services, but the democratization, the fact that it's accessible, the accessibility of YouTube. Like you can literally download the YouTube app on your phone, shoot, edit, upload a video from your phone. And so like last night we watched a a movie which was like a live action mixed with uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, It was filmed in our hometown, Fort Langley. It was really cool. So my daughter who's seven was like, how did they make that? Like how can yeah. they bring animation interacting yeah. with real humans? So we went to YouTube, of course, looked up, how do they make it behind the scenes? And, and they showed it, you know, the little yeah. heads and plaster scene or whatever materials.
1: It's but incredible. again, you,
0: you go to YouTube to discover how you make animation mixed with live action movies.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, even like I've done a lot of DIY. Yeah. <laughs> YouTube has been my go-to. Yeah. For a, a lot of, uh, fix, fixing, fixing things up around the house. And, yeah. and so many folks that I speak to, even young people today that are, whether it be interviewing or so forth, a lot of their even technical skills, they have learned on YouTube. And they said, you know, I hate to admit it, but like, I, I learned how to use Python and, and, and things on, I was like, wow, it's incredible. Like just the education that YouTube has provided to so many folks. Oh, over the years, I think it's just astounding. You know, even on that note, there and two just around, you know, shorts. Um, going back to your point of... Uh, of Which of for folks, those that don't
0: know, maybe fill yeah. people in, because this is a, those who have yet to download the app on their phone.
1: Yes, it's just it's a it's a it's been short form. I think has always been part of our DNA. It's Mm -hmm. fair to say, but we're continuing to invest a lot in short, snackable content Mm -hmm. and making it more accessible and helping creators reach their audiences on mobile. I think in more than 100 countries. And right now, shorts are averaging like 30 billion daily views, which is. uh, Again, pretty amazing, and still early days of shorts. So I have no doubt that that number, which is no small feat, thirty billion, is uh, going to continue to grow. So that I think is something that you know is something for us to keep a close eye on and watch from a platform perspective. And shopping, never mind shopping. I'm a I'm a huge shopper. I would I think I've worked in retail for quite a number of years. So shopping's always been a personal favorite of mine. And I think we know that people are coming to YouTube to make decisions on what to buy, what to wear, what to eat, and generally. So you'll see more of that coming down the pipeline too for us, which I think is a, a really exciting one.
0: Oh, that's, that's incredible. Yeah, I love the fact that you can search. And then, yeah, yeah, there's a link in the bio for, you know, a link to purchase that. My, my son, 15, got really into car detailing. And so he started watching all these car detailing videos. Yeah. And again, started getting served ads, of course, about car detailing tips and, you know, But all the 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 great thing is all the folks who did this tips are like, hey, by the way, the product links are in the notes, the show notes, and so we would click on them and order these pieces so we could start car detailing, like the whatever cleaning products and brushes. And so I I assume they have an Amazon affiliate thing and made money that way. They made money on their pre roll, and so those creating videos are not only making money as incredible car detailers, but they're making side revenue from affiliate codes and from pre roll.
1: I I think I need to hire son to come detail my car.
0: He would love that. Yeah, he's got really, yeah, he loves it. And again, completely learned from YouTube, which I think is the coolest thing. Like he literally started a business as a 15 year old, thanks to to YouTube. So, um, but as a brand, so those that are looking at the options, right? You you kind of get stuck in a rut of, okay, we just buy here and that's where we buy. Those that have yet to venture into smart, you know, you call it connected TV, but like smart connected TV, like you're able to run smart ads and, and I'd call it even like pleasurable ads Mm because I I love the, the, you know, you can hit the skip button, but I think like the A&W is a great example of like, I didn't actually hit the button. I didn't skip it. It was beautiful, but let's just say they want to run ads like that. What's your advice? Where can they get started to kind of enter that world and and kind of spread the advertising love?
1: Yeah. I think, um, how to start on connected TV is a great, is a great question. And I think it depends on who your partners are. You can either work with your agency partners, or you can work directly with us at Google. And I think it's about having an honest conversation first and foremost, and identifying like what are your marketing objective, what are your business objectives first and foremost, what are your marketing objectives, and and if you have them, what are your campaign objectives specifically. And trying to identify as you work through that process, like I always say, start with what you want to achieve. If you don't know where you're going, any road's going to take you there. I think from a, a little bit of a quote from Alice in Wonderland, I always love that one. But I think really understanding what the objectives are and where you want to go, that is going to help you streamline and understand best where it makes sense and which audiences that make the most sense for your brand and where you should appear on Connected TV. And I think it's always important, like when you're getting after creative, creative's always been... A really tricky one, I would have to say, over the years that I've been involved with creative development, when you're tailoring it to, say, a new platform, whether it be Connected TV or any other platform. I think being authentic and true to yourself as a brand is probably one of the biggest pieces of advice that I can always be, because otherwise consumers are going to see through if you're trying to be something that you're not. And, you know, take risks. I think these are the times as marketers where more than ever before We, as marketers, can take risks, calculated risks, and do maybe what I like to call like a bit of smash-ups, whether it be unexpected collaborations, testing and learning on new platforms or devices like connected TV. It's okay. It's never been done before. So if you make a mistake, it's not going to be the end of the world, and you're going to learn from it. And now, because we have so much robust data to understand that's going to allow you to make better informed future decisions about your customer and how best best to reach them.
0: It's amazing. Um, and, and the other option, which again, I don't think, I don't think YouTube manages this yet, but like when we look at some good news, the funniest thing is Jim uh, or Krasinski. I think that was his name, right? Was it Jim or he's Jim from the office, but his real name is something else I think. But the, The the host of that show, he would have his daughters draw these signs. And so he would say, okay, this episode is brought to you by Pepsi. And they would be less like hilariously drawn sign. He goes, this is the sort of advertising. So it's like the in, you could work with creators directly. Mm -hmm. Like you look at Mr. Beast talking about honey, right? Like the coupon code, right? And so there's that mix as well, working directly with creators. And again, I think YouTube has an ability to connect you to the right creators. And there's the ability to do the actual mid-roll, pre-roll ads.
1: Exactly. Yeah, Um, I think... And then there's going to be more opportunities across all those facets, I think, as we move into the future. And I can never predict (laughs) what's going to happen, but I have a pretty good sightline. Like, creators, to your earlier point, are so important. And they've done so much for the YouTube platform. We will continue to invest uh, to make their lives easier, to share the messages that they feel are important to continue sharing.
0: Well, if you think about it, it's like the... Blippy, even though he moved over to, to some other platform, we still found him on YouTube. We're not leaving YouTube to go discover yeah. this other version of Blippy. And it's kind of like when I used to get these DVDs in the mail and then they became this online thing. They, they were like, hey, we have this exclusive show, House of Cards. And you'd go be like, oh, you got to check out the show. It's so great. But I feel yeah. like YouTube has so much of that. Like no one else is leaving YouTube to go somewhere else at this point. Mm-hmm. I've yet to see it ever. Ha- you know, Blippi is an example of someone who did but I'm staying on the original platform.
1: Yeah. And you know what? I was reading on to that yeah. point area yeah. and I was reading something the other day about, again, trends in marketing. Yeah. And uh, there's a new, like another of, resurgence of nostalgia marketing. Yes. Yeah. You know, and I think that's really interesting because the, the power of emotions yeah. uh, in marketing just, could be like joy or freedom or whatever the case may be, but, but nostalgia is proving to be even more powerful. You think of brands like Coke over the years with their holiday campaigns. Mm-hmm. There's, I think they've been so successful because of the nostalgia that they evoke yes. around that time of year. So I think to, to your point around like just you're not going to leave the platform because there's something new. There's a nostalgia of knowing kind of the origin Behind it, that I think is going to be really interesting over, you know, the next short term, and I guess as we move into midterm, of uh, how that nostalgia plays maybe a stronger role in marketing and campaigns, and how brands are are thinking about themselves,
0: and and just practically speaking, as a, like as a dad and kids and like remote controls, like I don't want to have to go from. Platform to platform to platform to platform. Like, we're already thinking about like, hey, what platforms can we unsubscribe from? Like, we stopped subscribing to Crave because we realize we weren't watching. So I'm like, like YouTube's it for our kids because it covers all of us, right? It covers all the ages. And now you can rent movies right within there. So it's like, to have one place, it's got my subscription list. And I've kind of really curated my subscriptions really well. I've got my workout playlist. I've got, I actually even have like a Christmas playlist in there that I put together.
1: You're so right. As I think, you know, myself included, it's like simplify my life. (laughs) You know, I have so much, we all have so much going on, so many apps, so many places that you want to check out. And I think for us and myself included, it's like less is more. I have my key go-to's. YouTube, of course, being one of them sounds like it is for you too. So thank you for for, for the support. It's it's so important, I think, for us just to have everything simplified in a one-stop shop that I can access things for myself, for my family, and then for some of my hobbies and passions that I I like to explore too. Yeah.
0: The only thing I got to figure out next, this is my, I was actually thinking of this last night, funny enough, the timing was I got to figure out a way to like add my kid like channels. Like I got to figure a way to like, or like when they're watching, because because my algorithm's all messed up, right, with the suggested videos. <laughs> so I gotta just clean up my algorithm somehow, and like like do a cleanse if there's a cleanse option, and then restart the algorithm for me. But maybe there's not, so I'm I'm fine with it. Like I get suggested all sorts <laughs> of wonderful cocoa melon videos, but
1: they, hey, I, cocoa melon, yeah. I, I I love a good cocoa melon episode. <laughs> <laughs> Those
0: parents though, they kind of scare me a bit. The parents mm-hmm. in cocoa melon, yeah. Yeah.
1: But the songs they sing, they're catchy. Yeah,
0: songs are great. Yeah. They're very catchy. They're very catchy. Yeah. I'm a soccer rocker is one of my favorites. Even there every time go. I go play soccer, I got I'm a soccer rocker stuck in my head. So classic. Yeah. <laughs> um, Karen, are you ready for the rapid fire here?
1: Oh, very sure. I'll let, I'll let, hopefully. Okay. Bring it on. Let's
0: try. So these are just like three to five second answers, quick. Yeah. What first thing that comes to your mind. Here we go. Okay. Let's do it. Nice and easy. What was your first ever job?
1: My first ever job. Working as a shampoo girl and a hairdresser.
0: (laughs) Amazing. Um, Night owl or early bird? Early bird. Cat or dog person?
1: Dog. What was
0: the first thing that you ever marketed?
1: Impossible is nothing. Adidas. Yeah, nice.
0: Dark or milk chocolate? Dark. Favorite word right now?
1: Curious. What was the
0: last charity you supported financially or with your time and why?
1: I support uh, Wood Green Community Services. They have a mentorship program that I'm involved with, uh, which brings new refugees and newcomers to Canada and helps them learn kind of new skills as they get prepared to enter the workforce here in Canada.
0: Incredible. Incredible. If you send the link, we can put the link in the the show notes here. Sure. Awesome. Uh, What's a movie that you just love you can watch over and over again?
1: Gosh, that's a good one. I have quite a few. But... I'm going to do a throwback here. Yep. Any of the diehard movies. I can't believe I'm sharing that with you, but it's just going back to nostalgia marketing that we share. I, I enjoyed watching that a lot with my family over yeah. the years when I was a child and uh, it brings just a lot of great memories and fun times. That's awesome. yippee
0: ki um,
1: <laughs> That's right.
0: Um, favorite song or album on repeat right now?
1: Maybe it's just a sense of where I am, like like Adele, the latest Adele album. Yeah. Album, I would yeah. say. Yeah,
0: it's a great one. Um, if you weren't doing this job in another multiverse, what would you be doing with your life?
1: I'd be running um, an agriturismo in Italy.
0: Amazing. And, w- and what is that for uh, translation?
1: <laughs> so an agriturismo is uh, it's a, technically it's a working farm. Yep. Uh, where you have to be producing at least something, whether it be olive oil, um, pizza sauce or whatever, usually in a beautiful landscape of Italy. Um, And you welcome guests, almost like an Airbnb or bed and breakfast type of scenario. And uh, you just enjoy life in the beautiful countryside with some nice vino and uh, beautiful fresh air and the Italian landscape.
0: Incredible. Like uh, agritourism, I assume. Exactly.
1: Exactly.
0: We got one in Langley called Crouseberry Farms. It's amazing. It's also a berry winery connected to it. Oh. Go into your phone. What is an app on your phone you can't live without?
1: I have quite a few. I would say that it would be Airbnb. Nice.
0: Yeah. Great one.
1: Well, the first one I should say is YouTube. You. Because oh, it's, obviously. That that's one, a given though. Sure. Yeah. That's a given though, right? Yeah, that's but a given, yes, I would say Airbnb, both as a, a guest and a, and a host. I really enjoy that platform and traveling the world.
0: It's amazing. We got two trips coming up this summer. Thanks to Airbnb. There you go. Favorite children's book?
1: I Love You Forever, Robert Munch.
0: Nice. Best thing you ever bought for under $10?
1: It would have been my first pair of soccer cleats ever that I bought at a flea market in Florida for, they were authentic, Adidas cleats, but they were, I think they might've been pre-loved, but in great shape for $5.
0: Amazing. Um, what's the most important thing you ever changed your mind about?
1: That's a great question. I would say maybe it's just uh, you know, when it comes to to relationships and uh having feedback with my partner and and listening to a different perspective and a point of view. I think in like 20 years ago I would have been really sold that no, I I was right. But I think now as I grow older in my, my years of experience, you know, being more open-minded yeah. and uh, listening to feedback and taking that on board to hopefully make me a better person is something that I think I've changed my mind on over time.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Is there, is there a business or marketing book that you'd recommend?
1: You know, I'm going to suggest one that is not technically a marketing book, yeah. Yeah, please. but it's a, I think it's really, and this one you may have, I'm sure you've heard a million times before, but you know, Gary Chapman and the, the Five Love Languages. Oh, yeah. And I, I suggest that one because I've read it a million times. I've read the version also for, they have one for, for children. Huh. But I, I take a lot of those principles and bring them into my everyday life in marketing. Because I think that, they, you know, you talk about the emotional bank account, yeah. being able to, how do you fill a love tank? It's the same principles, I think, apply to the teams, the people that we work with. There's been a lot on, you know, a lot of discussions in our world around um, being a, an empathetic leader, yeah. having empathy, emotional IQ. And I think a lot of what is discussed as principles of the five love languages really can really transcend work and personal life. And uh, I always find that one's kind of an interesting one, because if we can have stronger relationships with the, the people that we work with, I really do believe that's going to make us all better. And Will ultimately lead to a business perspective, to bigger ideas, yeah. and doing things that have really never been done before.
0: Amazing! We've never had that book recommended on this show, so that is an incredible. First, uh, I in know, be, right? You, yeah, it's amazing. You'll be pleased to know, also, I often use that book as a reference in teaching about SEO in explaining Google trends and YouTube trends. I'll often oh explain that YouTube is and Google is like uh, you know they have love languages, and so if you could learn the love language through Google trends. Because in the same way, it's you know whether it's you know, acts of service or physical touch. Learn Google's love language to know words like how when you make a YouTube video or wow, you know, best or verses. Those are words right now that Google loves to have whispered in, in Google's ear and in YouTube's ear. And so, um, yeah, it's a great analogy and explanation of of SEO. I find
1: I love that. Thank you for sharing that. I, mean, I, um, I would actually love to, to to watch you do that or share that story with your team. <laughs>
0: No, it's fine. Um, last question here: When you look to hire people, and, and when you're looking for kind of the skills required for this new economy we're in, this kind of new collar work, the fact that the creators never even existed, you know, five years ago or ten years ago, mm-hmm. what do you think is needed for, for skills as, as students are listening to this show?
1: Yeah, I I love this question. I think um, you no, know, I always believe that you know curiosity and being a passionate person are you know, it's the whole idea of innate versus learned behavior. You can't, I think it's hard to teach curiosity and uh, uh, not saying that you can't, but I think really having an innate curiosity and passion for life and learning is so important when you're, when you're approaching and looking for a job and just being really open-minded. I think some, sometimes I've met with some younger candidates uh, that are maybe entering the workforce that think that they have lots of experience, they're sometimes well-equipped to manage people right out of the gates. And I think having that uh, humility and sharing that, you know, maybe you are new to the workforce and that's okay. I think being really open and honest about the the strengths that you bring to a team and maybe some of the opportunities that you want to work on over the next few years are really important. And I think no one is perfect. Everyone has lots to learn. And I think demonstrating that in a in an interview setting is is really important and one to be very open and honest with with the future hiring manager. I will always hire someone that is open and honest with me from the start because I know that shows and demonstrates, I think, a lot of their values out of the gate, um, which gives me a lot of confidence in hiring that person for the short, mid, and longer term. That's amazing.
0: Karen, where can people find you online? And and how can people get started and get connected to the Canadian folks who can help them get uh advertising on YouTube?
1: Yes. Well, you can uh, of course reach me through Google. Uh that's always a good place uh to start. And um LinkedIn, I guess you can okay. reach out there too. And I, I can always make a connection that way.
0: Yeah. Remember remember G Plus? Google Plus. Yes. But we can't talk about that, can we? We don't talk about G Plus. <laughs> <laughs> you know what though? Okay, random fact. If you go to um the gmail.com at, on a web browser and you say, No, I don't want to download the I don't want to download the app, the web version <laughs> still has like circles when there used yeah. to be like circles. You can still do yes. circles, which is kind of cool. I yeah. uh, I was a fan. They tried. They tried really hard and But look at them now. Google My Business is killing it. and It's it's, (laughs) it's amazing. Karen, a real pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for explaining YouTube and kind of YouTube Connected TV uh, in a way that uh, is really accessible and helpful and and, and some of the stories of advertisers who are just
1: killing it. Great. It's uh, been amazing to be here. Thank you so much, Darian, for having me. I think this is only the start of more exciting things to happen in the world of Connected TV and beyond. And we're lucky enough to be part of it.
0: No, it's it's amazing. So, one day, I think it'd be neat to have Lily on sometime. It'd be great to talk about her from a creator's perspective, and then yeah. maybe even an advertiser to talk about uh, a campaign they ran with YouTube and, and how that yeah. worked. I
1: would and, love that.
0: Uh, it, would be, it would be amazing. Because I think the other one, I just want to plug this. I love it. Uh, think with Google is an amazing e newsletter that comes out. And if you're looking for case studies and stories, inspiration, ideas, Think with Google is is a huge inspirational piece. And I'll put a link in the Show notes as well for that.
1: Perfect. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. We have an amazing team that works on the Think with Google. And uh, prior to working with the company, I followed those very closely. I now am lucky enough to contribute to some of them. Now today, you yes, asked, couldn't agree with you more. It's a, a great resource. Yeah,
0: and remember, be sure to like and subscribe. This <laughs> <It's laughs> on our channel, we are we are on YouTube. The show, so make sure you like and subscribe. Karen, have you ever seen my speed dating video? That includes YouTube. That I made. No,
1: but I'm gonna send it to you.
0: Okay, after this interview, I'm gonna send it to you. And those that are listening, I'm gonna put it in the show notes as well. Uh, we do include YouTube, and YouTube is personified in a very uh, fun way. um, because we wanted to, I I was tired of all the infographics during our teaching, our classes of all the social channels. And I was like, let's do a what if we speed dated all the channels and who would they be? So that's that's the video I'll send. I think
1: I need to be a student in your class. It sounds like (laughs) a lot of fun.
0: Uh, I'll send you the YouTube link after this.
1: Yeah, but. honestly, I would love to see it. sounds uh, Sounds like you do an amazing job uh, leading and teaching your students. I'm sure they love you.
0: Oh man, we we have many many great instructors who I, I am I am, but uh, yeah, there's many great ones out there. Um, great. Right. Uh, thank you again. Thank you for everyone who joined us uh, this episode, and we'll see you next time on the show. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded in the Jelly Marketing Studio thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editors Travis Jeffers and the Podfather